So I went there with my man and his first question was like, so are we like in a really nice city? What do you mean? Like, no, it's a tiny, tiny city in Siberia. It's like, there's no homeless people here. Like what's (laughs) going on with that? And I was like, seriously, why is it no homeless people there? Uh, so he thought that they were all taken to the gulag and like all that okay. stuff. But I think, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, well, that's what people think about Russia outside of the country. Um, but um, my Welcome to One Love Bitcoin. I'm your host, Dredd, and my goal is to take you on a journey with me all around the world to meet Bitcoiners from every country, and maybe we'll learn a thing or two. This week, we're going to be talking to a very good friend of mine, Katie the Russian. We're going to be dispelling a lot of different misconceptions about her homeland, Russia, Siberia, where she's from. We're going to learn all about her new company, Plan B Passport. We talk about a lot of different things. It was a relatively short conversation compared to the, the other episodes I've had though, but it was a really good one. Um, I always love talking to Katie. She is an inspiration. I'm sure some of you went to her unconference, the Underground Citadel that she hosts every year at Bitcoin 2021, 2022. And it was such a good experience going there. If you haven't gone, you should definitely check it out. I don't speak Russian, but I learned a little bit from her and I learned a lot about her culture and the misconceptions that we have. Yeah, so I really hope you enjoy this conversation that we had. And my faucet this time will be russia.onelovebitcoin.com. And if you have a lightning wallet, you know the drill. And my favorite thing this week is going to be Plan B Passport. I mean, I might as well talk about it since I'm going to be talking to the CEO right now. And if you don't realize what Plan B Passport is yet, you should definitely take a look. I mean, you can have citizenship in some of the most beautiful places in the Caribbean and around the world. St. Kitts and Nevis, Antigua and Barbuda, Portugal, St. Lucia. I mean, these are places that you just want to go because it looks like heaven there. So imagine having a citizenship there. And she takes care of everything from soup to nuts. If you give Plan B Passport a call, they'll take, they will let you know exactly what your options are, exactly how long it will take, exactly what you need to, to, I mean, it's just, it's white glove service. And I've never, I don't think I know anyone else in the world that's doing this right now, specifically for Bitcoiners. So if you're interested in expanding your citizenship options and practicing some flag theory like a sovereign individual, you should definitely check out Plan B Passport. All right. In the U.S., you can buy Bitcoin for super cheap on swanbitcoin.com. And if you're not in the U.S., hit me up. P2P is the best way to go. All right. Enough of that. 
Oh, he full joy this one. One love. Ananina. Privet, welcome Privet. to One Love Bitcoin. It's Privet, I think. <laughs> I always say that wrong. Um, I'm glad to have you here. Uh, me and you have been friends for a long time, and I'm finally having you on the show. So welcome. Um, good to see you again. Let me see if I can say that in Russian. Yashaslev Videtibia. Dude, that's really good. <laughs> that's amazing. That's cool. You know, um, as I was thinking about this podcast this morning, I was like, you know, usually I'm watching my mouth when I'm doing podcasts, you know, like kind of when you talk to cops, when you talk to public uh, figures, etc. And here I was like, damn, how am I going to watch my mouth? I'm talking to a friend, like, I better be careful. <laughs> well, don't you worry, like we're what we're going to be talking about here is is all about love and bitcoin that's what my podcast is all about one love bitcoin is literally showing people how good the world is and how good the world can be with bitcoin as as the standard for moral moral the standard for truth and the standard for our best money that's known to man so with that said let's tell people all about you like who is katie the russian you know where is she from what's your rabbit hole story and um what do you want people in russia and around the world to know about you for sure. So I'm Katie the Russian, as you might have guessed, I was born and raised in Russia. I moved to the US almost six years ago. Um, and, you know, all this experiences growing up, growing up in a post-Soviet country uh, really kind of set me up for Bitcoin and sovereignty because I just had to find it. Uh, uh, my bank accounts would be closed uh, quite a few times by the by the time I was 20. Uh, I've seen hyperinflations in my lifetime, two of them. And if you count the one last month, it would be a third one. Um, and, you know, when you see that, you realize something is wrong and you need alternatives. So when I actually learned what Bitcoin is, I was like, holy shit, that's perfect. That's exactly what we needed in, you know, 98 and 2006 in Russia. Um, and, um, you know, together with that, I also had uh, experiences such as 
like I couldn't travel to Europe, I would get denied in visas, and I realized how weak my Russian passport is. And once I immigrated to the US, I was like, wait, I kind of can play this Russian passport here in the US. I can like, you know, figure out which document is better to show uh, in different situations. And uh, as I started kind of playing this game, I knew that there is like bigger scale to this game. And that's how I discovered Flag Theory. And I do now, now I'm a founder and CEO of Plan B Passport, where we help people obtain citizenships, residences uh, from different jurisdictions based on their needs, requirements, et cetera. Um, and that's how you build your flag theory. Yeah, and I'll put that in the notes for people who want to see planbpassport.com. But this must be like huge in terms of what's happening now within in El Salvador and people wanting to move out of the out of the country to save on taxes. Um, has that been a, a huge like influx of, of business for you? Definitely. So it's almost like I'm in the perfect market market at the perfect time. Um, basically, at first, um, we had a lot of people come in our way because they did not like, well, first COVID happened, right? And people realized like, oh, I don't have as much freedom as I used to. Uh, and all these countries uh, putting um, different restrictions on travel and, and on myself as a citizen of the country. I don't like it. I'm going to go find alternative. So especially in countries that were the most crazy about restrictions, such as Canada and Australia, uh, like we, we've seen a lot of clients coming our way from there. Then we had US election, which always end up with half the country being unhappy with the results. So those went my way. Um, and, you know, now we see what's happening with Russian citizens being completely ostracized by the end of the world, by, by the rest of the world. And uh, I don't I don't have a position on it. I'm against nation states. I'm against leaders making decisions for ourselves. I'm against violence. Um, so I'm only like talking about facts here is that like a normal citizen of Russia who did not support this violence, who does not support any kind of politician whatsoever, now is uh, being under all the circumstances, uh, such as not being able to trade with the, with the rest of the world. Maybe he or she had international business and it's got out now, um, can't travel, uh, can't move, move the family to a safer position. And that's exactly what we're talking about when we say plan B passport, right? Like all the Russians who had their plan B in place now can just exercise the plan B and go with that. Yeah. And that's how you prepare for, you know, we always, I, we always say that there are different threats that may come your way and you need to prepare for those particular attack vectors. So attack vectors such as government violence, a war, uh, political instability is always a threat for basically any country. So. You just want to get out and live your happy life, please go ahead. Here's your plan B passport. They had a, a contractor that actually lived in Russia um, that they were paying. I think they were paying him through PayPal. I don't know, some traditional fiat rail. And he got all of his bank accounts frozen. Um, he got, you know, he couldn't use any of the SWIFT systems. His visa stopped working. He literally couldn't buy food for his family. Um, he had to start fleeing to the border of Russia so he could get to another country where he could use, um, you know, actual money. And because of that, started paying him in Bitcoin. Like he didn't even know what Bitcoin was. He was just a programmer. And by necessity, <laughs> he ended up finding out 
you know, why uncensorable money is important. Um, I, I wish it didn't have to be that way. He, I wish he didn't have to find out that way, unfortunately, but most people will have to, right? I mean, it's no one's going to just jump like in the US, no one's going to jump on a Bitcoin because it's fun. It's because it don't, they're going to jump on it when they need it. And unfortunately, That's um, true. but uh, to your point, you know, the non-aggression principle that you talk about is important. And um, I, I really feel like that that separates what people actually think from what leaders think. And I really am post-political. I really can give a shit what leaders think nowadays. I feel like we're the ones, we are our own leaders, our own sovereign mm -hmm. individuals. Um, and I saw that on your podcast. So do you want to talk about the new podcast you got? Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. So we just started a pod, uh, me and Jessica, who is the CEO of OMB Passport. Um, we realized that we really like to rant about what we don't like in the world. We really like to imagine the beautiful things that we can have in the world. And uh, we don't want to talk just about passports whatsoever. So we even kind of separated the podcast from the company. It's called the Bittersweet Podcast. Um, we kind of played on this bittersweet name because I'm blonde, Jessica's brunette. Um, also because we talk about like we are renting and then we're talking about beautiful things. So it's like bittersweet and the world itself is pretty bittersweet because we know there are a lot of fucked up things, but it's also magical. Um, yeah. So um, like, have you seen the episode of non-aggression principle? Yeah. I'm like halfway through it. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, I should probably talk about it a little more because um, that kind of place well in my political quote unquote opinion um, mm -hmm. in the current world. So at Plan B Passport, um, we have our kind of Bible called the sovereign individual. And in chapter five, they talk a lot about the end of nation states. Um, so what we see right now is there is a crazy centralization of power in a way of governmental entities um, making decisions for the rest of the citizens of the country. And uh, you are being played in the game that you're actually choosing your leader, which is like choose between two evils. Um, I don't think that's the game we should play. There is much more options. You can al always disassociate with that and live your own life because, you know, honestly, your life barely changes based on who sits in the White House or whatever. Very true. Very true. And then we end up in this position where they have so much power that they can just, you know, go start a war. And we gave them that power. We, we, we outsourced our decision-making to them. We decided that they know better what's better for our country. And because of that, they're capable of this violent things um, that's going on in the world. Um, and what I also wanted to talk about, um, like I, I mentioned in the podcast is, how they're so good at manipulating our emotions and making us pick a side in this position that even I had to protect myself and like kind of work through this, this whole emotional trauma that they're pushing on us and make sure that I'm not taking position. I'm not letting people think that I took a position. I took a side because I don't, I'm against this violence. I'm against nation states. I'm against government um, as an existing thing whatsoever but you know they play our emotions um they really like to play on things like fear anger um and sadness and what i mentioned in the podcast that this uh, hartman triangle which is like the triangle that you can apply on any toxic relationship because 
if there is a fight going on, if there is a disagreement that is not, you know, we, we, we both like this disagreement and we're just trying to find the truth. If it's emotional disagreement, may, like try to check on yourself and see where you stand on this toxic triangle of Hartman. So this toxic triangle um, considers three roles. It is um, a rescuer or saver, somebody who's like, oh my God, I need to help. I need to save this person, no matter what it costs for me, for my energy. The second one is aggressor, where you fall into like, this is your fault, you're fucked up, I'm right, you're wrong. This is the aggressor. And the third one uh, would be, a, so poor me, you did it to me, uh, people need to feel sorry for me. And that's like, basically every drama movie is built on this Hartman Triangle. Yeah. Any manipulation that government push on us is built on this Hartman Triangle. And now check out what we had in the world lately. We had a deadly disease going on. We're yeah. all in fear. We have yeah. a spike of fear, so emotional. Then, um, then half of the world thinks the vaccine is good. Half the world thinks the vaccine is terrible. We have so much aggression going on. We are all angry at each other. Yeah. And now we have a nation being attacked and we're all feeling bad for them because, I mean, obviously people are dying and it should be the case. So yeah. we all feel sad and it's huge emotion too. So like they're playing with our emotions like that and making like, I also mentioned on a podcast, like they did not ask you if you want to be part of it. They're pushing it on you from all media outlets, all magazines, all relationship. And even when you try to kind of disassociate, like that's my position, I'm disassociating. I'm not part of this stupid game. You can keep it for yourself, but it's hard because you go on the street, you're trying to buy a coffee from a lady and she asks you, where's your mask? What's going on with you? And you're like, yo, I'm like, I don't have the position. I'm not, like, I'm disassociating. I'm not part of this, but you can't because she's already pushing her, her opinion on you and trying to put you in one of the positions. Scenario, yeah. you would be the aggressor because you don't wear the mask. Or, um, you know, like my neighbors um, have a Ukrainian flag on. And if I don't have one, means I'm pro-Putin, which is nearly not true. But because I didn't take their position, I'm the wrong one. Yep. And they keep pushing this opinions on you. It's really fucking hard to disassociate. Like you got to be, you got to work through that every damn time and make sure that you're mentally stable, uh, that you understand, you see the picture. And it's hard to see, especially when you're in the inside of the triangle, uh, you can see that. Um, so yeah, I just, I'm trying to stay strong and make sure that I'm not part of this game. I don't want to play. Yeah, it's like that mass psychosis principle that a lot of people have been talking about online. This seems to be the method they use to get mass psychosis to work, to get people all to herd into one direction, right? I support Whatever. the current thing. To your point, um, I have I avoid the current thing, just like they support the current thing. <laughs> so, you know, there's only one thing that's important to me right now, and it's my freedom. A couple more things about Russia before we move on to the beautiful stuff about Russia. The ruble. I've been hearing a lot of different things about it. Um, what are your thoughts on if they're going to take it to gold, if it's going to actually become like, you know, a replacement for oil um, uh, contracts? Do you know anything about that, or is it just kind of all rumors? Uh, well, we've seen how ruble lost 50% of its value in a matter of a week mm -hmm. and now won a lot of it back, which I'm pretty impressed. Honestly, I didn't think that could happen. Um, it's, it's really interesting to watch. So 
basically most of the Western world ostracized Russia, right? So they're like, you, we, we're not going to deal with you. We're going to get all our uh, products out of your country. You're no longer our client on anything. Oh, by the way, we still need your energy. <laughs> That's kind of was interesting. Like, what did they expect? And your but, commodities. Uh, yeah, an interesting part about it is uh, we've been on uh, petrodollar for so long now. Like, the reason the dollar could print so much and stay kind of the strong currency because all the international trades trades were going on in that. And now they, in a way, shoot themselves in the knee. Right. Mm-hmm. They were like, you can't trade with us anymore. Well, okay, I'm going to start trading in rupees and rubles. So this week, India and Russia are making their first energy trade, commodity trade in a pair of ruble, ruble and rupee. And that's why that's probably one of the reasons why ruble started picking up back. And uh, maybe some other countries will realize, yo, we don't have to use dollar. Even not somebody who trades with Russia, like, I don't know, Mexico, Venezuela or something like that. Maybe they will start trading in their national currencies. Um, that's interesting to see. Yeah. But yeah, we'll again, uh, geopolitical game that is like, you shouldn't have money that is affected by the place where you at, like by geopolitical game. You can have borderless money that are printed with the same schedule, printed quote unquote, Mm-hmm. on the same schedule that is predictable that you know you know all the rules you don't have to guess and navigate this whole political bullshit in order to make sure your wealth is still your wealth i hope that eventually people will see that one by one because it has to be an individual realization like there's not going to be any any media or any marketing that's going to make people see this you know individually we have to realize that money should not be controlled by the geographic location you're you're standing in you know it's that simple um all right well tell me tell me about the good stuff about russia i know you went back there when i want to say it was year before last or last year yeah no last summer so less than a year ago how was um i went there to see my parents um and to give them good news about the new family member coming in Mm -hmm. uh it was amazing it was really cool to come back to russia after not being there for five years i still like my Russian language kicked right back in a week after I, I was there. Because right now, like I call my mom and I'm translating all this stuff into Russian. It makes no sense. Uh, but after I spent a week there, it was all back. Um, so I went there with my man and his first question was like, so are we like in a really nice city? What do you mean? I'm like, no, it's a tiny, ha- tiny city in Siberia. It's like, there's no homeless people here. Like, what's going on with that? And I was like, seriously, why is it no homeless people there? Uh, so he thought that they were all taken to the gulag and like all that okay. stuff. But I think, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, well, that's what people think about Russia outside of the country. Um, but um, my opinion on that is that like the family unit is much stronger there. I've seen so many you know, old grandmas who really taking care of their son who may not have a job or drinking too much, but they will keep supporting this motherfucker just because we're family. family. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's really big thing in Russia, like people living with just like third aunt or whatever, like your mother was a, 
a cousin of this woman and now she's the only one who can take care of you and she will because you're family yeah you're like barely blood related at this point um and that that's really big in russia it still is um also kids bunch of kids all my all my classmates were having two by this point and you know i'm in the u.s i'm still in my 20s um and everybody was like why do you have a child so early but i go back to russia and i'm the only one without right. children yet <laughs> so that was interesting like my girlfriends have two all of them basically by now um that was interesting too obviously pricing so again uh when in 2006 i think ruble six rubles were equal one dollar now it's mm-hmm. 88 two dollar 88 rubles wow. so like I felt like a Rockefeller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's yeah. not good for the people living there, but wow. That's a huge it's really jump good in for less those than 20 years. Money in the yeah. Yes. Or that too, if you're making money, foreign, foreign money. Mm-hmm. Huge jump in a so, short amount of time. Um, like, what would be a good example? Oh, another really cool thing here in Austin, uh, we go farmer market all the time. Every Saturday, Sunday, we go farmer market, buy good food from local farmers, etc. You have a butcher Russia, too. Huh? You have a butcher, a local butcher too for your meat. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I did the same in Mexico. I would go I to local places, yeah. etc. Yeah. And in Russia, I realized farmer market is like here. It's kind of like a hip place, you know, where it's like you go outside of your comfort zone to find this good food uh, from those hipsters who try to support the soil and everything in russia it's old grandmas who trying to leave off of their pension but they can't so they grew, grow on, the, on their backyards and then sell it and That's i realized it's everywhere like my whole city was a farmer market because like those grandmas, one of them is just collecting mushrooms and coming out with a couple of buckets of mushrooms every day to sell it. Other ladies just have their little backyard full of blueberries. I was eating blueberries every day, so much of them. And it's like kind of wild blueberries too. Uh, so my man was like, oh my God, this is amazing. He loves farmer markets. He loves buying local, especially like it's cool grandma really wishing you you know, to live a good life. And she's so happy you're giving her money. And it's like, you give her 50 cents extra as a tip. She's like, what? She's almost start crying because of that. And you're like, God damn, I really want to have those ladies. It was beautiful. Like I loved it. They loved it. There was like raw milk from a cow that was still warm. She just, you know, she just milked the cow an hour ago and she brought it out. It's pretty cool. I really love that. That must be, I've never heard of that before. Maybe not in our generation anyway. Like the old lady down the street is the same one selling you fresh blueberries and there's a whole farmer's market full of them. Wow, yeah. that, that just shows you the difference in culture between Europe, not even just Europe, the whole East. Like when I was in mm-hmm. Japan, it was the same thing. You walk around the street, there's no homeless. The only person you see on the street is some drunk guy that just couldn't get home because he was too drunk. <laughs> He's sleeping right there and nobody's bothering him. You know, it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the culture is just way different. And in my opinion, there's a lot of things that we could learn from each other if we didn't keep staying divided like this. Um, what other parts of Russia did you go to or was it just home and back? Yeah, I didn't have much time. So I went to my hometown for 10 days and then I went to Moscow for like four days because I had my best friend's wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, the Moscow, 
So my man said it was like much more westernized. He was like, I okay. felt like I'm in Europe. Uh, he lived in like Switzerland and Norway. So it's just like, yeah, it's basically the Somewhere. same. Mm -hmm. And in Russia, we say Moscow is not Russia because everything is different in Moscow. The pricing is completely different. The lifestyle is completely different. The politics, like you go to my hometown, you like people don't know what's going on in politics. They don't give a shit. They have yeah. no political opinion whatsoever. They never voted probably. And you yeah. go to Moscow and it's so much more about politics. Everybody is in, you know, in some relationship with government. It's yeah. so different. So it's, it's a really big thing. Moscow is not Russia. Moscow is Moscow and Russia is Russia. Well, at least there's some things that are consistent, right? Where just like in the US or anywhere, um, you find more peace living in the outskirts and in the countrysides versus in these big cities like Moscow, like New York City, like DC. No one wants to live there. So <laughs> San Francisco. And, thing, and you know what I like one love Bitcoin. I think it's gonna be really on brand with you. Like sometimes I'll go on Twitter and I'll be like, fuck, life is fucked. Like this world is crazy place. And then I close my computer and I see my baby next to me. Life is beautiful. Yes. And like it really makes me makes me realize like stop paying attention to that. Like it's crazy. And the underground citadel I'm organizing this time in Miami. Yes, I tell me more about that. Yeah, so I always work, like it's going to be number five, I think. I always organize it from a position of like, fuck the government, we have solutions. And this time, like nothing basically changed, but I feel like I'm, I'm organizing it from a position of, we can build beautiful things, guys. Here <laughs> are how we do that. It, it changed me so much. And like, you can see me, I'm like tearing down. Mm. Um, and I always considered my, myself to be like a, um, a cold-hearted lady and now I'm like crying for no reason all the time so emotional <laughs> yeah so I think I'm gonna try to spread this idea in this underground citadel and be like yo this is how we make things good it's not about what bad things are out there it's about how we we want good yeah even if it did start with the fact that you know you were reacting to the bad things that are out there and the reason I like the underground citadel so much is because like everything else we have in the space, it's always very Bitcoin centric and Bitcoin can fix this and Bitcoin can fix that. And it's true, Bitcoin can fix a lot of things, but there's a whole ecosystem around that that has nothing to do with Bitcoin that you're going to need to survive if you really think that, you know, this whole existing structure is going to crumble and we need to build a new one. And I really like that all the different things you're teaching at, at Underground Citadel and the different experts you bring in show that. It shows you how to be a sovereign individual, actually, like the book says, not just by holding Bitcoin in a co wallet, <laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah. I really like uh, Underground Citadel too. Again, I'm not like, I never tried to make it for profit or anything. Most of the time it was free. Uh, but I just really wanted this conference that I was like all the rabbit holes that I was into, I needed to learn more about them. And I was like, well, if I host a conference, I can invite those people who know more and I can learn from them. So that's basically how the conference was born on conference, basically. Yeah. Ooh, Russians can't buy passports anymore. What? Why? Isn't it funny that me as a Katie the Russian can't accept Russian clients at this point? So all those five citizenship by investment programs that I work with in the Caribbean no longer accept Russian Africans due to sanctions. Oh, 
So even those who are trying to get Colombian passport now, they can't. So what about refugees? What about people that want to leave the country because of what's going on in Russia that they don't agree with? That doesn't make any sense. They're, they need to go through a refugee program and it's really hard. So usually how you launch refugee political asylum is you actually make it into the country where you want to stay and as a tourist and then apply for political asylum. Now, Russians can basically get anywhere as tourists. It's like some of Latin American countries like Mexico uh, still accept Russian tourists pretty well. Um, Turkey, Emirates. That's Cuba, I'm guessing. Cuba. Say again? Cuba, I'm guessing, would it probably still accept Russian tourists? Guess, yeah, probably. But like, it's hard to fly there right now. Usually all the flights to Cuba go through U.S. and you can't fly through U.S. as a Russian citizen. True. Um, so like, it's really hard. A lot of people just have to kind of illegally get into the country and then ask for political asylum, which is like, it's huge risk. It's physical risk too. crossing the border is illegal immigrants. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what you're saying. I would expect to be hearing from countries in Africa and the Middle East and, you know, parts of South America that people are escaping, like, you know, Nicaragua. I would never expect first world countries like Russia, Canada, Australia to be having people risking their lives at borders. That just, it sounds, sounds like we're living in the upside down, to be honest. Another fun fact. So I decided to get back into sailing competitively. And I really wanted to participate at, at U.S. Nationals this year. I kind of put together a team. So I needed to go through a qualifier, which is like kind of state-level competition. I needed to do well on them. And then they would, I would apply for U.S. Nationals and I would be accepted. So I submit my application. The conflict between Russia and Ukraine starts. And I receive an answer, a response asking me a bunch of questions about my origin and what my current status in the U.S. is. And guess what? They denied me due to my uh, originality. Of course. course. Yeah. And the the funniest thing is I got my green card in the U.S. as a professional sailor so I can compete for United States. Yeah. And now they won't let me compete. Yeah. Makes no sense. The same country who granted the green card now won't let me sail. It's madness. I, I can't even imagine what you're going through. On, on all levels because the things that I see people saying and the things I see companies doing just to what's the word when they want to go along or they want to they want to you know show their, their their yeah show their support their blue check support for whatever the current thing is and the current thing is well we have to support Ukraine but the like U.S. companies that are selling Russian food like Russian restaurants <laughs> are being boycotted like what sense does that make it's a person that came to the u.s like to find a better life or not even a better life a different life and you're gonna anyway it just doesn't make any sense to me and i i stopped paying attention to them i turned the tv off i turned the radio off i read books now i listen to podcasts because that's where the real information is everything else just seems to be noise at this point and clown world and i have on on plan b passport team we have both russian and ukrainian members mm-hmm. uh, and like the relationship between us haven't changed like we are normal people who get along well who have the same culture the same history we were the same country 30 years ago what are you talking about yeah. like how the families 
close to borders have family members on the other side. Like my uncle and my grandma grew up in Ukraine. And now we're supposed to hate each other because two dudes told us so because they their interests didn't align. Go fuck yourself. My interests yeah. don't align with you, Mr. Politician. I'm going to make friends with Ukrainians. I'm going to love them. I'm not going to put any aggression against them. Like, that's what I want. You know that I went to Ukraine um, that couple, last year, late last year, and met a couple of Ukrainian friends too, and made a couple of Russian friends that were in Ukraine. Like I went to a Russian comedy show. I mean, I didn't understand much of what they were saying. You know, you taught me some words, but I got barely caught, caught up, but they're just people. And, and there was a lot of Russians in Ukraine, a lot of Ukrainians that were, that felt, you know, kin with, with each other. And when I spoke to them about, oh, are you worried about what's going on? Up until the day everything started, they they couldn't care less. They were like, ah, oh, that's all politics. Who cares? Nobody's actually going to start a war. This is foolishness. Even they were surprised. That that tells me that this has nothing to do with the people. On like all the people I spoke to, they all love each other. And this is just a couple assholes in power that you know decide they want to fight each other. Exactly. So I I believe in the people still. I believe that even though this is going on right now, over time, people will, especially with, the, with the, the new age of communication, like back in the day, you know, it might even be harder for us to talk to each other directly because there wasn't the internet, there wasn't social media, there wasn't these mass forms of communication, but now there is. And I think that's gonna allow people to really see through the bullshit a lot faster and, you know, make changes for the better for their lives. Yeah, hopefully. Not, not necessarily for the, for the state's life and for the nation state's life because, they're already fucked, but for their own individual lives, I think because they are seeing through the bullshit, they will make changes individually. And things like you, like things like Underground Citadel, things like Plan B Passport, hopefully educational podcasts, like what we're doing will help them to see that as well. That's my goal anyway. I didn't even tell you this. Um, I'm doing education now. Um, me and D++, we're trying to do education for corporations. So we're building syllabus out and we're just trying to teach people about sovereignty, about sound money, and about how their companies can use it to, you know, globally adopt their company without having to jump through all the dumb loopholes. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, what about your guitar? You playing? I've been doing the bass. Uh, I, I just started doing guitar lessons now because, you know, I was always a bass guy, but now I'm trying to figure out how to do guitar as well. And I'm not that good at it yet, but you know me, I keep on plucking away until I get good at something. Yeah. Um, hopefully I can, I can do a, a little band. If you have your piano around one day, we can make some music. I'm doing a garage band. I really need more music in my life. And now we have a garage, we got a house. So I'm going to put some instrument there. Um, Jessica spends a lot of time in Austin here at my place. So we, she plays music too. Our producer, our podcast producer, Carr, is a pretty good musician too. So whenever you're in town, we're going to jam. I come over it every now and again because D++ lives in Austin and we're doing the education thing together. So next time I'm there, if you, if you invite us, we can come over and, and jam and hang oh, out. Absolutely. Yeah. That'll be cool. Hell yeah. All right. Well, let's um, wrap this up a little bit. Two things. One. What would you like to say to everyone, you know, if you're telling them some, some good advice or some life advice or some Bitcoin advice or some sovereignty advice, what do you want to say to people um, out there? All right, here's the thing. Um, the world may seem broken and falling apart, but 
that also an opportunity for you to build the perfect life. And there are tools out there that you can find that you can learn. And it may be hard, like security is hard. Physical security is hard. Uh, mental security is hard, but they're really rewarding things to learn about. And once you get in a good place and you get your skill set in order, uh, you are having an amazing experience. It's, it's very rewarding and you can build a beautiful life beautiful family, beautiful future. So go and do that. Really worth it. Beautiful. Perfect. That is so true. And um, where can people find you if they're looking for you? Yeah, Katie the Russian on Twitter would be the best way. You can also always reach out at katie at blendbypassport.com. Um, and now through the pot, we are on Anchor, um, on Spotify and YouTube. Are you podcast 2.0 yet? I don't know what that, oh, through lightning? Through Well, lightning is the way you can get paid on it, but it's really through um, the Adam Curry podcast 2.0 protocol. So Sphinx, Breeze, Fountain, Fountain, there's a bunch of them now that you can just download. And it's the same RSS feed, the same one you're using for Apple and Spotify. You can put it on there and it'll just put them all on those apps for free. That's pretty cool. I'll do that. I'll get on Sphinx. Um, uh, I also talked to Matt. We're, we're going to get on Bitcoin TV too. Uh, mm -hmm. That'll be cool. I oh, think yeah. Zion would be another one. They're Austin based. Yeah, I haven't figured them out yet, but I would love to do that too. Yeah, yeah. I, need to, I need to look into that. All okay, right. the Russian. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I know you are a super busy superhuman right now. So I'm glad I got some time with you and I'll see you at Bitcoin 2022. Absolutely. Really nice to see you. Nice yep. to see you too. Bye.